Well, praise God. Y'all look so good. I want to tell River Church this morning, I love you. This month is the 22nd year to this month that we started that church in Tuscaloosa. And I want to thank my family in Tuscaloosa for going with us and staying with us and making a way where there was no way. And I love you so much. Thank you for being with us today. And I want to thank Grace Life. Y'all are the best. I am in love with your pastors and have been for quite some time. It's not because he's handsome, despite what he tells you. (laughs) He's just full of faith. And he thinks right. He thinks right. He's not the smartest. I'm smarter. (laughs) But I don't always think right. So I have him to say, ah, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, I had a great joke this morning. I told Deborah Ann I was going to go get one that they'd never heard. But after he went through that one, I'm going to leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's make this service a Holy Ghost service. You know, I don't know what to do. I'm here and I'm in a new place or, a, you know, for me and all that. I, I've got it all formatted in Tuscaloosa and I know what to do. Miss Tadlock, the Lord told me to tell you as I turned around and greeted you this morning that the steps of a good woman are ordered of the Lord and she delights in His way. Your steps are ordered by your seed. Your seed has gone ahead of you and for the end of your days you will be at the right place at the right time and it'll be no trouble. That's a good word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to tell Barry Paul back in Tuscaloosa how much I appreciate him. I want to tell you, sir, I appreciate you. You were there on the first day of our first service 22 years ago, and you've been with me ever since, and I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. I want to tell you this morning that Grace Life Church is a paymaster church. I declare it from this pulpit, this is a paymaster church. That means much money, much supply comes into this body so that it can be distributed by the stewards here for the glory of the Lord Jesus and for the furtherance of the kingdom. This is a paymaster church. And there is no church in the walls or the roof or the floors. The church is folks, people. So for a church to be designated a paymaster church, There's got to be paymaster folks. And not just one, because I've had one. I had one one time that brought an amazing tithe. An amazing tithe. But uh, she wanted, he wanted to run stuff. And I don't run that good anymore. I'm a little ornery. (laughs) So I'm not moved by, I passed that test. Have y'all passed that test? I said, have y'all passed the But we better do it another way because it looks a little tough right now. Yeah, we've all had to pass. If you don't pass that test, we just put you back on the track and send you around again, and we'll do it. We'll do it next time. Everybody's got to pass that test. Nobody did anything great for God until they suffered in their faith, until they bore down and had to just call it out from the inside. And until you've done that, you got to do that. You'll you'll do things, and you'll maintain, and you'll survive, and you'll get along, and you'll be nominal, but and 
until you just say, I'm not going to move, I'm not going to flinch, I'm not going to flitter, I'm going to walk it out. You won't, have, you won't have anything. You will not be extraordinary. But that's what this church is. It's a blessing to be in the church where you're responsible. Lots of churches, nobody's responsible. Everybody, if you came or you didn't come, nobody even knows. And then second song, verse to that song is, nobody cared, really. But here we know. We, we got your baby blues on camera in the file. We know exactly what uh, everybody looks like when they show up. And we're very grateful here at Grace Life. I've got several things this morning. I will tell you, Pastor, that uh, the Lord gave me a scripture. It's in, uh, I found it even. That was really cool. It's in 1 Samuel 30. And I'll tell this to the church. In verse 8, when David was under great siege and under great duress, it says that he inquired at the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this troop who had stolen everything? that he called precious, his wives and his children. I don't know, if you had more than one wife, you might want to just ask for one back. But uh, (laughs) And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and here's the word of the Lord, and without fail, recover all. Point yourself right now and say this, I I am part of Grace Life Church. We're a paymaster church, and where the troubler has been, where he's taken what's mine, where he's messed with what's ours, we recover all. All right. Believe it or leave it, but it's, that's the way the Lord wants to say it. Hallelujah. And then it goes on, verse uh, 18, 18 said, And David did recover all. And in verse 19, it says, uh, any, Nor anything that he'd taken to them, David recovered all. Now I'm going to point out this morning, as we go through this message, I hope I get to, where all is all. And that the word is literal. And the reason you're not having the success that you see in the word is not because of the word. The word is just right. I say the word is just right. Now, he said what he meant and he meant what he said and the word's just right. It's that third grade thing that wants to skim and just say close enough. You know, we talked about horseshoes and grenades and all that. It's not close enough. You got to be on it all the way. If you want to have success, you got to go to the Word and you got to do it like the Word says. Everything else is just religion and it will not go. Let me see what else I got here. Hallelujah. The Lord said, uh, I got all this in the worship. Well, y'all were raising your hands. He was talking. Y'all should have paid attention. Hallelujah. <laughs> said of Grace Life and of River Church, I just got this. What God has joined together. Let no man put asunder. Amen. Two is better than one. Amen. We are, I don't know what a sister church is. It's not really in the Bible. But Paul went to churches that he founded and, and started, and he had a great heart for them. And he, he wrote his letters, and they were to be spread among all the letters, uh, the churches, Galatia, Rome, Corinthians, uh, Corinth, and all that. And so the Lord has, has started something here. We, we don't even know how it got going. We don't even know what it is. We don't even know how to make it keep going. But he's joined us together, and two is better than one. Amen. So we're just going to flow with it. Amen. We're not trying to take over. Y'all aren't taking over. We're just flowing with that, and the Lord is pleased when we flow. Amen. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you, Amen. flow better. Flow better. It'll, it'll, it'll go better if you flow better. Everybody's had their hard-headed days 
where they're like, I'm not doing that. And, and like Pastor even said, I'm never going to. He's telling me about a, a story this morning where he said, I'll never do that, you know, chocolate or something. And I never turned down chocolate. But anyway, it, uh, it, you, you got to break those things off where you say, you know, I'm, I'm doing it his way. Amen. Amen. Well, turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 8. Hallelujah. I've got something else, but I think we're supposed to wait on that. Praise God. John chapter 8. Uh, don't y'all love the Word? Amen. It is the distinction of you coming to this church, of you being a part of this body. We do not have great, uh, although y'all are way, way beyond what we've been able to put together, but we're not a social church. We, you know, if, you're, if you come to our church because you're looking for a, a husband or a wife, you know... <laughs> Well, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. We, we're, we're word people. And the reason is, it's because everything works off of that. Whatever you need, and you go to a church or a body, and you say, I, they have that and I need that, but they don't have the word. Then you're going to have something that's going to be missing, and it's going to fail. It's, it's not going to be able to follow through. But if you go after the word, if you go after the word, if you go after the word, there's jobs, there's businesses in other towns then Jemison, that would be more lucrative, easier to get to. Traffic, I don't like 65. I don't even like I-20. You know, well, you, but there's nowhere to go because everybody that looked around and said, I don't like this traffic, they went where there wasn't any traffic, and now there's traffic. <laughs> Y'all know how that works. It's so uh, there's lots of things you could do that better than, than this place or this whatever, but there's no place. There's no place more than the Word. And I'll tell you, you, you get acclimated, like we do in America, we're acclimated to the system of life that we have. And we think there ought to be a commode in every house. Is that right? You know, no, I'm not looking at that house. There's no commodes. No, no we, we, we have standards. We have a bar that we, and other things besides that. But I'll just go straight to the commode thing and y'all will get it right away. And, uh, uh, but in the church, we were like, ah, good enough, close enough not realizing the culture of faith that makes everything in us that we might take for granted, what it makes work, flows out of that. And because we didn't suffer for it, we just showed up. I said, we just came to church. We just we showed up and pastor had it. He had the word of the Lord. And he, you don't know what he'd done to get it, but he got it because that's the office he sits in. And, uh, and you go, well, that's nice. Because, and you get acclimated to it. You get used to a refrigerator in your house. Did I say something wrong? We just open the door and we expect it to be cold and we kind of freak out if it's dark and it's warm in there. You know, and we go get another one. And so we're used to the word here. And so we'd be tempted to say, ah, just it's preaching. Well, <laughs> some people are on the highway that they are driving, but you know we don't qualify them to be drivers at all. Have y'all seen those people? <laughs> but, they're, but they're in a car and they got the steering wheel. No, they're not driving. They're... So we're, we're, we're cautioned to go to the root and to stay in the root because all the fruit comes from the root. So, and there's prettier branches, prettier branches. I, you know, I, am, I am famous for taking uh, uh, people and just that are just wanting a social experience and just uh, just not lending it to them because we want the Word. Now, you can have the social experience in a church, but you have to have the Word first. And if you're just narrow and say, I want that, we got to have that, i got to have that, and I don't care about the Word, well, then you're just in the wrong place. 
stay as long as you want. I'm glad to have you. Just just stay in there and and drink and eat. But eventually, you got to change what you want in life and the in the direction if you're going to have God's best. So I got to ask you a question this morning. Um, how fast can you grow in the kingdom of God? Is it God got you on a certain regimen and you can only grow so fast? Well, when you're 20, you'll be this far along and 30, you'll be this far along. Or can you go as fast and grow as fast as you want? As we want. Do you all know that? When I go to the gym and I hate it and they're not much happier about it than me. You know, all these Buffy people around me are hitting the incline, going to 50% on their treadmill and going 17 miles an hour or whatever they're doing over there. And they're just, they're just, the room's getting hot because they're just lathered up. I get over there and hit that little button and then I hit that other little button and I get happy. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just how it works for me. Well, I, I'm going as fast as I want. You know, and they're 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 trying they're trying to get things. You know, I've got a six pack under here. <laughs> Quit looking. <laughs> it's in there. I want to remind you, this is not this is off the message. Round is a shape. I am in shape. <laughs> so uh, you can go as fast as you want. So my question this morning, and I'm I'm kind of the guy from the outside, and I will disappear after this Sunday, is how fast are you going? Well, why aren't you going faster? Well, it's not because you don't know. It's just because you're encumbered. We're all encumbered with other things that are also important. And we could list them and you could make a case. Well, my family and my job and my, uh, my the whole thing, just walk it down and say, that's the reason I'm not going as fast as I want. But then when we get over to the happy index and say, well, how happy are you in correlation with how fast you're going? And the, the reasons that we're not going faster, it's never very high. The happiest people are the word people. All right. They both said, they, I got both of them to chime in with me. Hallelujah. So we're going we're gonna to look at the root. You got to think right about the kingdom. We think right about cultural issues. We know what's expected. We know how to do things. We know to be at work at eight o'clock or we know to, to, we know all the things. We've learned it. The light switch goes up and it comes on. The hot water is on the left. We, we've acclimated. We know, you know, doors go out from inside a building. We know the culture. We know how it works. But in the kingdom, why doesn't anything work? Because we don't know how it's framed. We don't know how it's indexed. We don't know how it is geared to our life. So when Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, we don't know how to hit the full button. I'm talking about the church in general. I'm not saying anybody is, is everybody, but, but that. And so we wouldn't go, go back to the basics this morning. It says in verse 31, um, uh, Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if ye continue in my word. So there's a condition here to what the Lord's going to offer. He said, then are ye my disciples indeed. So he's encouraging us to be disciples, but he says you just don't get to be made a disciple. You get to be born again instantly, but becoming a disciple is going to take a little time. Like all your life. Well, you know, if, if after you've been going 10 years, you, you're, you're, uh, you get the bona fide, the lifetime disciple award. Not so much. Seems like the more you know, the more you find out you need to know, doesn't it? 
And then he went on and he said, these disciples that are continuing my word, he said, the attribute that they'll shine on is, ye shall know the truth. Ye shall know the truth. The Lord Jesus said that you ought to know the truth. And why? And the truth, parenthetically, that you know, shall set you free. How many of y'all want to be free this morning? Amen. Well, I, I appreciate that and I know what you mean. But, but if we really did, we'd really do what he said would make us really free. Because the freedom he's talking about here is not a gradient. It's not a percentage. It is as free as he is. And you know, he had to find out the truth just like you and me. He had to look himself up in the, in the Word. Because he wasn't God on earth in the sense of, in the sense of, I can rule and reign and I can, you know, move this and hit that and all that. He divested himself and became a man so that he could serve the redemptive process just like us in our place. So he had to learn about himself in the Word just like you did, like you and I do. Praise God. So there is no truth until you want truth. It doesn't matter if it's all around you. I promise you there's been some amazing things said in this room that did not change hardly anybody because you got to want it to have it. Blessed are they that thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they, the hungry and thirsty, shall be fulfilled. So you're going as fast as you want. Well, it's my job and it's my kids. And when I get them graduated, when I get them married, when I get my grandkids out, when I, when I get, when I get old, <laughs> I'm going to get in the Word. Yeah, we all know that little mantra. We all, we all have that down pat, that there's a reason why we're not going as fast as we say we want to. But the truth is, we just don't know how much that we're bound and how the Word would set us free. All the freedom that you and I have, the liberty is the Word. It's because you put the Word on that subject. And no other reason. All your neighbors that are just laying in on Sunday and driving a better car and, uh, and uh, putting the boat in on Sunday afternoon and all the things that you go, how come, God? These people are heathens. They are, they are reprobate. They are sinners. They, they mock me. And they are, they've got everything better than me. And there's a little thing that rises up and says, this isn't fair. You just don't know what, how the system works. When you know how the system works, you settle down and you go. I am a disciple, I'm continuing in the Word, and I am knowing the truth, and the truth will set me free. We're not going to confuse their Sunday afternoons and their, their financial statement with freedom. Because we don't know if they're spending some of their money on psychiatric people or pills. Or, we don't know. We don't know, and we, but, but that's not the point. The point is, I want to be free. I want to be free. So... Uh, I've got to ask you the question. Uh, why don't Christians want to hear about giving? It's a universal thing about Christians. All them preachers want is my money. Not here, but you've heard it. And you know it's a mantra out there. You know that it's like, just, want, just after the money. I, I don't think so. There is a transaction of money, and we do bank it every Monday morning. Proud to do it. We go down to the bank and we, we just uh, shovel it in best we can. Shovel it in. Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll be back later with the rest of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or the offering goes to the back and everybody thinks that pastor goes back there and he's, I'll say, shut the door and starts putting it in his pockets. You know, he's going home with the offering. Yeah. 
Why do Christians want to believe that? Well, because they don't know the truth. And the reason they don't know the truth is not because there's not truth, because pastor is preaching, I am preaching the truth nonstop, is people don't want to know the truth. And the reason they don't want to know the truth is not because they've got too much going, is because they don't think it's valid. They don't think it's life-changing. And then when it gets compared to something that is real fun, real family, real important, real part of our culture and part of our life, we just, we measure it and say, ah, it's just the word. I've heard a hundred of them. Barry Paul, I figured up, he's been with me 22 years. He never misses. He, he misses one or two times a year. I'm talking about Sunday and Wednesday. So you figure up 22 times a hundred. It's just a bunch of services. You'd think he'd have enough, but he's there this morning. You better be there this morning. <laughs> I see you. Don't move. Turn with me to John chapter 21 if you would. So why do the saints complain or they even sleep during the Word? Well, why would anybody doze off in the Word? Because it's a lot of trouble to get you. Your best underwear on, and, and you know, and get a, and find the best shirt out of the laundry, and and uh, and comb both hairs the same direction. It's a lot of trouble to get to church. So why would you waste all that grooming and pruning and preening and everything, and then come in here and you know bring your own pillow and get you a blankie and and uh, just because you just don't know the truth. You don't know the truth. The truth is that if you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and that truth, the truth, will set you free. Set you free. Now, what if we thought we were free, but we weren't free? Or maybe we were free in one area or six areas, and we commuted that to the whole life, saying, well, you know, I do pretty good over here in this money thing, and I don't, I'm not sick often, and, and I think I raised some pretty good kids. And we begin to commute our good works, our good acts, to our whole life, saying, you know, compared to the boys down at the plant, I'm, I'm looking pretty good. And you were the most miserable of all men because you had that religious thing on you, thinking enough is enough. That you're getting by and surviving is all that God wants. Jesus said, I want some disciples that continue in my word. That don't ever say, you know, that's enough. That's just plenty. That's more than anybody I know. My friends are all doing on less. And I think this is enough. In John chapter 21, uh, let's just look at this. I, I've, I knew I was coming, so I, I looked up some scriptures. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> Verse 24. Verse 24. Where are we? Uh, let's see. Well, just a minute. We're on the wrong. Where's Thomas? Where is Thomas? Okay, now it's verse, It's chapter 20. There we go. Yeah. little typo here. Chapter 20 of John. We're talking about walking in the light, walking by truth. Verse 21 says, uh, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Okay, now I'm down to where I'm supposed to be. 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve. Now, when you get the but Thomas, you get there, you're fixed to have a story about Thomas, aren't you? But Thomas. Everybody's flowing. Everybody's in the slot. But Thomas. 
Don't be a Thomas. <laughs> Everybody's good. Everything's fine. We're looking good. But Thomas. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. One of the twelve called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came. It was Super Bowl Sunday and he just couldn't give it up. <laughs> the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said, but he said, but he said. See, there's a little attitude there, a little, a little, I'm preparing an excuse. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this ready for what you're going to fix to nail me. But, but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of, of, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You put, you need to put in your Bible, if you write in your Bible, and why don't you? You need to put, not me. Because he said, I will not believe. No, we are easily persuaded to believe. Family, you'll go faster. Things happen faster in your life, not according to the good favor of God or your kinfolks. Or it's how you believe. I am easily persuaded to believe. And this comes out of Matthew 25, verse 21, where he said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. That word faithful means easily persuaded to believe. Point to yourself and say, do faith better. Let's do it again. Point to yourself and say, do faith better. Be easily persuaded to believe. What? Well, you are all full grown in here. Everybody's either had a kid or got a kid. We're all full grown. We can put aside our stiff-neckedness and are like, I don't have to. You, you're not my, the boss of me. You, don't, you can't tell me what to do. We put up with that with three-year-olds. Well, actually, I don't. But we don't hardly get along with adults that say, you're not the boss of me and you can't tell me what to do. The Lord doesn't like that. It's not that he's mad or that he's mean. He just can't go very far with you. He's always having to do the backdoor deal. And the, and the front door guy, he's already down the road hitting another door. You go, well, that's, that's not it. I give big and I attend big and everything. Attitude's everything. As a man thinketh in his heart. So we got to say, hey, I'm on. Well, I don't want to be naive. The devil might try to fool me. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will save you. I said he'll save you. You will not be in trouble. Be easily persuaded to believe. Because then you can ask the Lord, send me new stuff. Send me stuff that nobody knows about. Send me stuff that'll dig me out of this hole, that'll put me over. Send me stuff that'll deal with this trouble I've got with my kids, my money, my body. Send me stuff, Lord. It can be off the wall. It can be way out there. But I will be easily persuaded to believe. And when you ask that, it just opens a door that God can say, I can, I can meet that. I can deal with that. But if you're, around, if you're walking around saying... Hit me, Lord, just if you, if I dare you to do anything great in my life. It lowers the chances. You know it does. So uh, here we got uh, Thomas, verse 25. Other disciples therefore said in him, we have seen the Lord, but he. <laughs> oh, Thomas, but Thomas said to them, except I shall see. So he said, I will not believe. And after eight days again, the disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. And stood in the midst and said, Peace unto thee. And he saith to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, faithless, but believing. 
Point to yourself with me and say, be believing. believing. Now, I'm telling you the key here. The key is not prosperity scriptures, although you ought to have some. The key is not healing scriptures. You ought to have a sack of those. You ought to know the word of God. You ought to know how the kingdom of God works, but it's all up to you. The Bible is not about how much power God has and what his willingness is to your life. It's about how to get receivers. It's all about us. It's not, well, God, if you love me, you do this. He's been trying. Let me tell you a little secret about the king of the kingdom. He does everything that is possible legally to push a blessing into your life. Well, God's forgot me. You're wrong. Well, if, if God loved me, he'd be, it'd be this way or that way. You're wrong. He is legally pushing every door as much as he can. If he doesn't do it, it's because you haven't made an illegal uh, uh, pathway for him to come into your life. You can't say amen, say oh me. But we need help. We need, like, like Pastor just said, help us. We need help. We just, we're not against this. We just don't know it. And we'll pay attention because everything's in place. The Word's here. The Word's here. So what, you, you need more Word? No, you've got to get everything that's going on here, don't we? Amen. So uh, uh, Thomas observed but did not believe. He observed. So he was a thinker. You know, Christians, saints, family, we are, marvel we are not marvelous at thinking, but we are marvelous at believing. We just are not going to build this church or the kingdom on intellectualism, on rationale. No. We're going to build it on believing. I am a good believer. Amen. Are you a good believer? Amen. Oh, Lord, send me something juicy, and I'll be believing it. Send me something unique and personal and unique and specific to my life, and I'll be on it. When you get that attitude, do you know what the Lord will do? He'll be on it. He's a good secretary. He will send you down something that opens the door for your life. And you'll go, I should have done this years ago. Well, pastor's been saying that years ago. Amen. So now let's turn to Matthew 16. So we got, we got but Thomas. We got old but Thomas. I don't mean that ugly. I just mean he's, he's well, maybe so. Hallelujah. But Thomas. <laughs> I'm trying to be sweet so I can go to the end of the hour. Hallelujah. This is the hour of power. Praise God. And it says in chapter 16 of Matthew, let's look at the other side of the coin. It says in verse 13, Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, you know, he was asking them for their input, but a lot of this was coming from inside. In other words, well, they say. And I just happened to agree with them. I mean, they, there was a little more that, uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, they weren't just saying, they say. And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? That's always the question. That's always, that's still the question. But whom say ye that I am? The Lord Jesus. Am I a good teacher? Am I, am I your best counselor? Am I your bailout? Am I the little ring they, show, they throw off of boats when somebody's in trouble? It, you, he's so much more than a present help in time of trouble. He's so much more than God. You, I'll do anything you say, but I got to have help. He's so much more than that. He is that. And if you need that, that's what he is. But he's so much more than that. 
We just don't need him for an aspirin. And so uh, he asked them, just like he's asking you and I. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, which is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, that's quite a little revelation here in Matthew chapter 16. Nobody's born again, you know. Revelation has to come not from down in here. And the Lord said, answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father in heaven. Flesh and blood is not revealed. He said, you got out of your head and you got something down here or down however the anointing worked back then. That's the point. You got out of your head. So quit bucking the kingdom. Quit resisting the kingdom. It's no, it's, he's not trying to get more out of you. He's not trying to get you to, to do more. He's wanting you to have more so then you'll be excited about doing more. I promise you, I guarantee you, money back guarantee, if he made you a paymaster like the word says a paymaster is, you'd be happy to serve God. Because you could, you could change your job hours, you could get, mama could stay home, all sorts of things would happen, but you go, well, if God told me, I would. He did. Well, oh, you want an angel to walk through the door and Shandai, I am the one from the Lord to give you a special, unique, personal message. I want you to obey the word. <laughs> Is that what you're looking for? Because nothing more than that can come. Did I say that right? That's how it works. If you don't believe the word, then eventually you won't believe the angel. You'll, you'll, he'll, he'll knock at the door and you'll just say, leave it on the table. I'm a little busy right now. Eventually, and that's what happens. So we got to be hot. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you, get hot and stay hot. Amen. So uh, Peter pursued to see, and he believed what he saw. So we have a little parenting thing that we all know where the Lord wants you to be able to speak to your children correct them, change them, move them, to speak to them one time in a conversational tone, and they're on it. Y'all know that would be awesome. That would be, that'd be outside of America, I think, but it would it'd be awesome. Speak to them one time in a conversational tone, and it's done. Well, that comes from the Lord wanting to speak to you and me one time in a conversational tone. And we say, you know, I got that, Lord. I got that. I had a, a, a pastor prophesy to me Friday morning, Pastor uh, Hayes Moss in Tuscaloosa. I went to his church Sunday morning, uh, Friday morning, and he gave me a word. And it was an amazing word. It was an amazing word. And then I called pastor last night, and he gave me the same word. The same word about five rivers. I can't tell you all, and you all don't care, but it, I'm just saying once you start saying, I'm, I'm hearing the Lord, the Lord starts talking. Even you don't like to talk to someone that's, that's laid over snoring and carrying on and, and not paying attention and reading their... You don't like to just keep carrying on. You want them to stop and put it up and look at you. And then you'll... You're... Thank you, Lord Jesus. So uh, Jesus said you should know the truth. What is that word, know the truth? The word there is absolutely no. It's talking about a resolution inside. There's talking about a conviction, talking about an assurance, a confidence. I'll put my life on the line. 
I believe it. If this isn't so, I will go. Well, we all have that about Jesus and going to heaven. Oh, I believe I'm born again. And you are. And you, but you've never been to heaven. You don't know what that's all about. You've just read it in the Bible. Say, I read it in the Bible. Isn't that where you got it? Where, did, where else did you get it? Amen. You've been talking to somebody that went to heaven and said, ah, the Bible's true. No, you've heard about it, but you never have. So how are you not going to believe all this other? Oh, my. Oh, my. Amen. Romans 10, 17 says that faith arises or cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And here's the unique thing. It's so easy to get in faith. It's so easy to get this lifestyle cranked. It's so easy to get this contradiction between faith and the senses, this discrepancy. It's so easy to solve it because the Bible says that faith arises or cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I go and hear the word, guess what automatically and immediately happens to me? I'm in faith. What does faith do? Faith can speak to the mountain. Hey, you scrawny old thing, get out of my way. I am tired of looking at your backside. Faith can do that. And faith has a built-in boldness, too. It's not just information in the head. It comes with a resoluteness that just says, bless God, I'm coming through. The devils are afraid of me today. You go, well, how hard is that? Does that mean I need to go to seminary and I need to go, uh, you know, day and night, night and day? Well, there, that is an option. You could do that. Or you can just open the little Bible and just get you some scriptures and just put them in. Not just like, okay, got that one. Chapter 17. Okay, got that one. Oh, 18. Done. We might have to spend a little time knowing the truth. If you want to get... Free, you got to know the truth. And it means to be absolutely no. It's an intimate thing. It's like, it's like you know, I, I've just been married a year, and so it's like, uh, there's, there's, there's things I don't know. I walk into little traps all the time. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> I'm in the do-over stage. Hallelujah. I know y'all don't get this, and, and she is sweet as can be, but... There's things I don't know, but I'm a good disciple. I am paying attention. And if you get your hand slapped on that, you're likely going to get you a reroute for the next time through. <laughs> Amen. Aren't you all that smart? I'm that smart. <laughs> and I know she's doing that with me because put that microphone down. She doesn't know how to talk. So when faith arises, when faith cometh at some level, you know, faith is not just one level, you're in or out, like the light's on or it's off, but at some level you're in faith. And if you want more faith, I mean, if you want to increase your, uh, you want to broaden yourself and say, I, I don't want to just be a, a prosperity guy, just get this one bill paid and yay, I got it paid, or just get this cold covered up. I want to get where this thing works all the time. Well, then you develop, you become a disciple, and you begin to continue in the Word. You're not just fixing the deal that's come up. The mountain, that mountain, well, when the mountain's gone, a lot of people, they're gone. But we got to say, you know, there may be another mountain over the hill. There may be another trouble over the hill. Jesus says there was. In the world, He said, you shall have tribulation. Yeah. But He said, it's okay. I got you covered. Come on. Well, how do you have us covered, Lord? 
Are you just going to take care of it? No, you remember in, in uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 12 where Paul, Paul thought God had it covered. He said, I, I sought the, law, the Lord three times to remove this, uh, this uh, thorn in the flesh from me. He said, I asked him three times, would you take care of that? It has bothered me and I'm down here trying to do the work. I'm trying to get something done and this devil, this thing is bothering me. And he said, I asked him three times. You know, you're a little persistent with God. Abraham, he went with God on Sodom and Gomorrah, but he didn't go but just so far. And three times maybe all you get with God to say, I am really not happy about this. And the Lord come back and said, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, his grace right here is sufficient for you. It's all in the book. What's in the book? Open it. It's just full of stuff. And you, it'll be information for a while. You'll just read stories about Matthew and Mark and Paul and everything. You'll read stories. But eventually, Holy Ghost will begin to weave it together and make a fabric that stays inside of you that's able to withstand the powers of the devil, the wiles of the devil, and the curse that's on this world, and the lusts of the flesh. You'll be able to stand up in a way that you never had. We believe this about vitamins and, and uh, juicers and, and we, we all buy into the maintenance theology of this world, this culture. If you don't take it every day, shame on you. So we got to take it every day. And it'll be a benefit because the Lord wants to put something in you that is powerful. That clock is lying. Is that right? It is. Oh, well, Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Over the clock. So my question is, is what's in your truth bucket? Because you are living totally not by what you want, not by what pastor says, not even what the Bible says. You are living, I am living in the confines, in the fenced off area of what's in my truth bucket. If I believe it's true, it is true, but it's not truth necessarily. It'll be true to me and I'll make it work, but it won't be necessarily truth. Uh, I, get my, I get my dress shirts. Uh, pressed, and they deliver them. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and they wash them and they press them. So they brought me a, a shirt the other day, and uh, I looked at that, and I told her, I said, whose shirt is this? And uh, so I called them. I said, I got one in somebody else's shirt. If they're looking for it, I got it. They said, okay, we'll pick it up. So they picked it up the next Tuesday, and then uh, the, the Friday they brought it back and said, you know, this shirt, the little tag on it says it's yours. And, and in the meantime, I told her, I told her, I said, I wouldn't wear this shirt. That's an ugly shirt. I wouldn't wear this shirt. I know this isn't mine because this is an ugly shirt. And it's not my brand. And it's not, it, yeah, it's not my shirt. So they came back and said, it shows that you've already sent it to be cleaned four times to this address. But I had argued. I had argued with them. I'd argued with, not with Deborah. I don't argue with her. I just, I say, yes, ma'am. But, uh, but this shirt was not mine. And then all of a sudden, I realized I had been looking for this shirt. And it was mine. So I told him, it'll be out there hanging next time you come. Just put it on a rack somewhere. Whoever. Well, it just went into the closet. We never mentioned that again. My point is, is I thought wrong for a, over a shirt. I was sure, I was convinced, and I was having none of it. Y'all ever been there where you were sure you were convinced and you were having none of it? We're tired of him preaching on money. Get a new subject, Pastor. He's trying to get something into you. Trying to change your mind. Trying to change my mind. Trying to set me free. 
I need to be free. I'm not free as I want to be. I'm not as free as I want to be. Now, here's something. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 8. I am so sorry I blew up the clock. <laughs> I'm blowing up the clock. Hang in there, Tuscaloosa. Oh, they're used to it. Okay, chapter 8. You know this scripture. It is a covenant scripture. It is the covenant. It is the benchmark. It is the landmark for your life concerning prosperity. You have no supply outside of this scripture. This is the covenant mandate from God that describes exactly and precisely how supply will always work for the New Testament, the new covenant believer. And it says in verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he was rich, wasn't he? Yet for your sakes he became poor. Well, where did he become poor? Well, we know he became poor on the cross. He divested of himself of himself so that he could take on who we were. That, uh, that for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty, say it with me, might be rich. Is that what it says? Might be rich. Yeah, yeah, might be rich. The word rich there is not spiritual riches, Mr. Religious Person that's out there always whamming on this. It, you look it up, it means stuff. It means stuff. It means stuff. It means the stuff that you buy every day at Sam's, Walmart, and, and Kmart, or wherever. You, it's stuff. Amen. It says, but now why? Why? Tell me this. Why do we of lovers of truth and even givers, givers, yes, Lord, tithe is here in the bucket, uh, never miss. Boom. Offerings, I got one. Got a seed to sow. I'm in. I'm part of the plan. But yet we take this word rich and we back it off and we start saying, rich according to how I'm thinking. Well, how are you thinking? How am I thinking? I may be thinking good enough. Survival. Maintenance. Got my bills paid. Whew. He became poor that I might have my bills barely paid. Barely, made it just two days late this month. Whoo-hoo. But that's not what he said. And when you're a lover of truth, you don't give God a pass. Point to yourself and say with me, hey you, don't give God a pass. No pass. You said by his stripes I was healed. Not better, not uh, feeling not as bad, not just getting along. It's kind of, you know, it's shifted over here and I can stand that better or I got new meds and it, I can talk. Nope. Healed is healed. You look it up. I'm not going to tell you what it means. You know what the word means. Look it up. It'll tell you. It means healed. It means restored. It means put back in shape. Well, I just don't know. That's the problem. When you know the truth, the truth you know will get you healed and supplied. So we just know and this is going to be in your head. This is going to be up here, the thinking end. It's prettier up here, but it's not nearly as powerful up here. Y'all got that, didn't you? <laughs> Some people, they don't get pretty either. It's like neither of them work. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't go by that thinking end. That here's what happens. Guilt, sin, awareness. We don't deserve God's very best. So we'll take whatever he sends us. 
Throw me a bone, Lord. Feeling better is better. Having my bills paid right on time, barely on time, just enough, almost. We'll, we'll just carry that one over. I got a little plan. I'm going to work. That's not, that's not the plan. But that's what we'll accept because we've got guilt consciousness. Did you mess up last week? Well, of course we did. Y'all nod your head like you do on camera. You know, everybody, nobody's going, I didn't mess up. Yeah, you did. You messed up just by saying you didn't mess up. <laughs> so, we got to change the truth. We've got an intellectual truth. We got, to, I know what that means, truth. When we don't know what that means, truth is what Jesus said. And he backs it up all through the scriptures. Not just one witness, not just one thing, but by two or three witnesses, every word is established. So I wrote down here, I wrote some things down, that agreeing with the word is mental until it becomes a pursuit of truth. Pursuit. You and I don't know enough, even though we know more than we've ever known and know more than our friends. We aren't there yet. What did you drive up in? What are you making payments on? What did, what if we did a scan of your, of your, uh, of your doctor sheet and he said, ah, this kid, this man, this, yeah. We'd all say, you know, I'm not there yet. But I can get there. Well, it'll be hard. I'll have to, I'll have to triple repent and I'll have to confess and plead the blood every day and nah. First John 1 9 says, just confess your sins. He's faithful. He's just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So we go back to the Word and say, it's just like I never sinned. Whew, I am hot. I am hot. Because it's just like I didn't sin. I'm just like Jesus. First John. As He is. So am I right now. I'm not a wannabe, not going to be a going to be. I am right now. I am the man. So therefore, I go to his word and I extrapolate the truth out of his word because his word is truth. Now, faith moves the mountains, but faith works by truth. You, you're not going to move anything with your faith until you have a basis in your faith of what you believe. So you're only going to speak to the mountain based on faith as you and I understand it, as we believe it. So a lot of people don't want to move the mountain. They want to say, Lord, I ask you for wisdom to negotiate the mountain. I know it's here every week, every month, and every year, but I just ask you to help me negotiate it and get around it somehow. Well, that's your truth. That's what's in your truth bucket. That's what you're living out of. That's not what the Word says. That's not what God meant. It's not the plan that He has, but that's where you are. That's where I am because we've taken less from more. And it's just, it's wrong. R-O-N-G. <laughs> That was a joke. I know how to spell it. <laughs> That's the second page. <laughs> ah, well, y'all noticed last week we talked, and I'll finish with this, about 2 Corinthians 4.18, where it says our light affliction in 17 says, Our light affliction is but for a moment. But it, it yields a, a weight of glory. And then he says, while the condition of the glory coming to you is while we look not, the word is take aim. So whatever you're t aiming at, you're not aiming at anything else. Help me with that. Whatever you're aiming with, whatever's in the sights, you know the sights are little. When you look in the scope, it's little. 
You can't see Disneyland and the West Coast at the same time. You got you're just seeing what's in the, what's in the scope. What's a, well, y'all know how it works. If you got your slingshots, you're looking at one thing. You're not looking at anything else. So while we take aim, while we take aim, take not aim at those things which are seen. So there's two worlds. There's the seen world, the natural world, which we're very comfortable with. Light switch up, water, hot water on the left. We know how the world works. We know how we are. I'm right-handed. We like to do stuff, except for pastor. We like to do stuff on the, with the right hand. We know stuff, but, but we can't take aim at that. It's already settled. The natural is already settled. It's when you want to step over and not just negotiate the mountain, but bless God, I want to go through it and take care of it so it's not here next month. I want to blow this thing up. Well, you're going to have to either be really politically correct and have lots of money and all that, or you're going to have to get in faith. How do you get in faith? Meditate day and night. Well, I don't have day and night. Well, just make your day and your night the best you can. Amen? Start out with 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening and make that your day and night. And, things, and faith will arise. Faith will come. Faith will it'll come up. And you'll all of a sudden not be willing to go around and negotiate around that thing. All of a sudden, one day, faith will rise up. It's, it's perceptible. It's measurable. You'll be able to see, bless God, I am tired of this thing. That's what faith is. I am tired of the curse munching on my, in, in my putting his hand in my bowl. I'm tired of the curse. I'm tired of the devil. I'm tired of me always giving in to sin, always being tempted. And one day you'll rise up and say, enough is enough. And that's when your faith has hit a threshold where you have enough to pour out, to pour over. You'll just, you just got to keep putting it in until you get it to that threshold. Some people never, it's leaking all the time. Y'all know this world pulls on us to leak all the time. So if you don't put enough in to maintain the leak, you never get a threshold of faith. So you'll complain about the preacher talking about money and you'll roll your eyes when somebody like Benny Hinn gets up and they all say, we got healed and got delivered and set free. You'll mock that. You'll, you'll, you'll disdain that. Cause, and it's not that it didn't work. It's because you don't have the capacity to receive it at the same level it was given. The receiver is little while the, big, the giver is big. So we, we, need, to, we need to narrow the gap. <laughs> big God... I need to, I need a big, big capacity. I need to enlarge me so I can hold more. There's more in here to hold. There's more need. My life is not reflecting this like I want it. I got mountains that, that I moved them, but they moved back. I was over here messing with this and that mountain moved back. Doggone, where'd you come from? Ah, you were slipping around. You was not, you was not paying attention and I just slid right back into place. So you got to go back and hit it again. Y'all know it's aggravating and have to hit those things more than once. Oh, yeah. Well, well. So there's a contradiction. And I'm telling you, it's crazy that Christians would be surprised at a contradiction. But everybody knows when you get in faith, you're going to have to move a mountain. And there's a mountain there that's the contradiction to what you're believing to move. You can't have it both ways. to Have it there and have it not there. <laughs> Am I in the smart part of the county? <laughs> you can't have it both ways. There's a contradiction. We call it a discrepancy. We say by his stripes I was healed, but it hurts. And we say we consider not our own body, but... Yay, yay, yay. 
Well, you just got to have something inside of you that says, listen, I've had this enough. I've taken this enough and I'm not taking it no more. Amen. I'm not, you know how to do it. You know how to do it. Put the word in. Oh, it's got to be harder than that. Mm, that's why everybody misses it. Well, we need you to go on the walk to this and the journey to that. And we need you to, you know, nope. Y'all gone. Well, amen. Who's, who's got a trimmer? A trimmer in their body, a trimmer uh, in your neck or in your, your knee or your hand. Trimmer, that's the word I got. Trimmer or a, 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 I don't even know what the word is. Huh? Yes, sir, that's you. Anybody else? Anybody else got a trimmer? I don't even really know what that is. What, what is it? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we arrest this trimmer and the cause of it and say, leave in Jesus' name. Leave now. And I tell this hand to settle down. Settle down and be as the other in Jesus' name. And we call this condition of weakness, this condition of being out of its bounds, out of its banks. I say no to you now, and I say no to you forever. Be healed and be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what you got to do, and all you got to do, is just follow this up with the Word. Put it in so you can have it, so the mountain won't move back. Amen. Amen. Well, that's the Word I had. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Life of God. It doesn't take much. It just takes all of it. Praise God. In Jesus' name. You shall recover all. You shall recover all. You shall recover all. The word of the Lord is you shall recover all. There's a path. There's a path. And you're on that path. But the path is going to take a turn, a turn, a turn. And in the turn, you will make the turn. And you will recover all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Me and Deborah Ann love y'all with all our hearts. We are so grateful for y'all being in our lives. And thank you for letting me come. And uh, we broadcast this, obviously, back to Tuscaloosa. Unless they turned in the, the, the cartoon channel. I don't, I never know what's going on. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you.